Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and non-binary pals out there. Pals and non-binary pals. You're now on board the Paranormal Express, here with our hosts, Jake McDaniel and myself, Nicholas Zierfoss. Um, Welcome aboard. Glad you can come on. Give me your tickets. Come on. Now. (laughs) Now. (laughs) This is apparently a stick-up now on our own train. Um, (laughs) We're not the conductors. We're the the wardens, according to our Discord. I keep forgetting um, to mention. We just don't want the horrific outcome if somebody forgot their ticket. So we usually make sure to keep track of them. It's yeah. kind of like the coins in uh, Greek mythology like to get across the River Styx. Yes. You need a exactly. ticket to get on the Paranormal Express. Um, so, if you're joining us today, what we're going Without to talk them, about. they will be cursed. Yes. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, we're For all eternity. We're talking about curses today. Um, and if you know how this show goes is I, I, we particularly like to talk about debunking of the idea of what curses are in many different situations, um, as, as long as when we talk about mythology, history, mythos, and things like that, we like to talk about there's misconceptions, there's misunderstandings, and I think curses really come clear with that. Um, interestingly enough, there's like nine different words to describe what a curse is. Uh, there, there's uh, imprecation, malediction, excoration, malison, anathema, and combination. Hmm. Crazy amount. I think I've heard a lot of those in like witch trials and stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's a there's a, a couple centuries that span each one of those words and how they were introduced into that idea. Basically, what a curse is in an idea is that it's a wish that some form of advers- adversity or misfortune will befall or attached to one or more persons, place, or things. Um, in particular, a curse may refer to such a wish or pronouncement made effective by supernatural or spiritual power, such as gods, uh, spirits, natural forces, or else that kind of spell by magic or witchcraft. Uh, you may have heard hex used before, which is more Germanic in origin because it's the German word hexen, which is for a, um, what did I say earlier? Um, it's just like like a a uh, superstitious malefic outcome. Basically, are the hex girls Pennsylvania Dutch? <laughs> That'd be interesting. I'd like to. I mean, we. I mean, Pure Pennsylvania American. has been the product of some interesting. There's a lot of curses from bands. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, if we want to talk about rock bands with more of the goth emo scene, uh, Motionless and White is from Scranton, yeah. PA. So, and they're a pretty big one. Yeah. If you know, shout them out. Awesome stuff. Um, so, shout them out. <laughs> curses come in many different forms. I think most commonly, um, we can look back and like fairy tales and there's snow white with the apple mm. uh curses her uh sleeping beauties sleeping curse things the best like way that. to kill a guard in oblivion feed him a poisoned apple yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right that's my impression of a dying <laughs> um favorite line is still the uh, jinx is another big one that, that's another good yeah. word jinx like i and that's that common phrase jinx you owe me a soda mm, or whatever. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't that the name of the one villain from Teen Titans? Yes, yeah. with the pink hair. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Also, is the name from the popular uh, video game uh, League of Legends. Became even more popular because of the arcane Netflix original show. Um, so, um, there are many different types of curses. We have like African American hoodoo. Uh, Middle Eastern and Mediterranean, uh, uh, which literally, I mean, I think one of the big ones we're going to get into is the evil eye. That's the yeah. one that you were going to go into. Um, and again, the German people with hetzing. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm pretty sure if you hear the word hex, you're going to most align that with witchcraft, I which with is Scooby definitely Doom. a lot more common. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think of the one of my favorite Pokemon builds with ghost types is using hex and then oh, having yeah. like Will-O-Wisp because it, it I'm going to it out. Um, hex doubles the damage of a Pokemon that has a status condition. Ah. Anyway, I think Hex is just a basic uh, ghost attack in Legends Arceus. Huh. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because there's not nearly as many status effects you no, can get. Not. It's just drowsiness and whatnot. That's um, from hypnosis. Mostly. Yeah. So, uh, um, I also think most commonly of curses being the byproduct of interactions with gods a lot of people think outcomes of uh, performing rituals either mishappily or not doing them at all angers gods and usually leads to natural forces occurring that they believe to be a curse from gods um so there's just it's a super super broad term for just an outcome of some pattern that they see either tied to an object or place or something Really quick before I break into our first curse, uh, we are cursed with performing uh, these quick messages from the good conductor's uh, former alma mater. Well, from the KUR Notebook, attention KU community. Did you know that KU faculty and staff members can join KUR? Contact KUR at kutztown.edu to express your interest in joining. You can also call 610-683-4059 or stop by the rooms 188 or 190 in the McFarland Student Union. Again, that's 610-683-4059 or rooms 188 or 190 in the McFarland Student Union building. This message is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. It's also your former alma mater now. Yeah, it is now, actually. That's a little crazy to think about. And so... I'm going to move on to my first curse. This one is much, much more modern, yet it spreads over uh, the, the better part of a century. Mm. Um, it's a it's a tragic subject to go over, especially for maybe many listeners may know some of the people in this. Who are um, affected by it. Yes. Um, I'm referring to the 27 Club, which is an infamous epithet for 
the idea that many famous musicians over the last century have died tragically at the age of 27. Some nearly just years adjacent to each other and some many decades before. Um, the Curse of the 27 Club began with Robert Leroy Johnson, who was an American blues musician and songwriter in the early 1900s. Um, Robert Johnson was known for having some of the most incredible guitar skills at, at his time, uh, holding rhythmic blues and bluegrass and all these different performances. People couldn't believe where he got his skill from, especially because he had a really rough start in his career with how he really couldn't handle the guitar. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like out of nowhere, he just it clicked. And this led many people to believe, inclu- including the famous Eric Clapton, yeah. um, that he had made a deal with the devil to from, earn his... From what I know about him, he left town, went mm-hmm. somewhere where no one knows, at the time at least, and then came back and was just suddenly good. And that's where it all stemmed from. Yeah. Um, and the belief was that he made a deal with the devil, basically, yeah. to earn that... that uh, Get, um, skill at the guitar. Yeah. Unfortunately, he died very early at the age of, well, 27. <laughs> and uh, many folks that had been following his career and the curse itself believed that he, uh, the devil had come to Settle take up. his pay because that's the belief that making a deal with the devil always comes with some kind of... Yeah. Usually he um, takes your soul. Yeah. Your, uh, Most classically a soul because you're supposed to offer something in return for yeah. whatever it is and it's usually you sell your soul to the devil. Well, yeah. That's what the whole what, term is. What else would be of value to him? Yeah, literally. There's no material value on earth that's probably of value to him. So yeah. either your own soul or somebody else's and that's True. what some people do. Firstborn well. son. Isn't that a thing in the Bible? You have um, to give your firstborn son. That was like one of the plagues, or yeah. Plague, I don't uh, um, it was during Exodus when Moses. Yeah, I was, but that was to God, not to the devil. Yeah, I don't know about to the devil. I don't remember where first. That's when uh, to the devil. when he took his son to be uh, to sacrifice him to God, and then God was like, "Ah, I was just pranking you." Yeah, that's a that's another good one. Um, so, so Robert Johnson started the ticket. Then after that, it was Abraham. By the Oh, okay. Abraham took his son there. To do yes. That. And then his son became Isaiah, I believe. Yes. And then he had Jacob and mm-hmm. a few other um, people. So since Johnson's tragic death, uh, a host of musical geniuses had also met an early demise at the age of 27. Brian Jones, the founding member of the Rolling Stones, died mm-hmm. at age 27 in 1969. Then it was both Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin in the same year of 1970 that also passed away. Uh, Jim Morrison was on the following year. And then most recently, um, not most recently, uh, most notably for many people is Kurt Cobain, who died in 1994. And then most recently was Amy Winehouse in 2011, who died at 27. Um, And this just consistently feeds into that crazy idea of that curse of the 27 Club. Now, many, many famous musicians are living well into retirement today, but it's just it's just a strange, fascinating thing that it also has no bounds to uh, genre or lifestyle. Not many of these. Uh, of course, a lot of people will attribute drug use and 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 just a more difficult lifestyle to it. But really, I don't think it, di- it di- uh, uh, discriminates between any of these. 
So there was a there's a very famous well he's not that famous I think but he was part of a very famous band who almost made it to the 27 club. He died at 26, mm-hmm. and he is a, a source of uh, a lot of pain for this band. It's a band you know very well, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, Hillel Slovak. They uh, he, their original guitarist. The 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 role that they can never f- seem to fit except mm-hmm. for with uh, Frusciante. Yeah, uh, who's been wa- around for a while now and is now back. Um, yeah, he uh, he died in '88 when the band was very early on, and he lived to 26. Wow, very close. Yeah, there's also many musicians and artists who have made jokes about the idea of only wanting to make it to 27 just to join the legendary club, because yeah. apparently that's the only way to group yourself in with legendary artists such as that, which is <laughs> yeah, very unfortunate way to think about it. But I I can see and understand. I don't know. I feel like. Elton John's still alive, and he's a pretty legendary artist. Many. Steven Tyler. Yeah. Uh, um, a lot of them are Joe still Perry. touring. Yeah. Or there's uh, there's even the Hollywood Vampires, uh, Johnny Depp's band. Yeah, which is... Um, um, it's a bunch of... Uh, Alice Cooper, Johnny yeah. Depp. Uh, I can't remember. I think Joe Perry's in it, too. I think right? he is, yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. There's just many, many who are they're superseding it. But yeah. there just seems to be this like weird golden room where it is where the 27 Club is. Um, um, Courtney Love did it. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can't say that. I can't say that. Um, but yeah, so that's the curse of the 27 Club. Uh, I think that's the most modern example I have of some of these. Um, right. Though it does span over a century. But uh, yeah, do you want to take us into what you have? What time are we at first? Because that'll make me decide on which one I want to go into. We have about five minutes till the next uh, thing we got to so do. So not my big one. <laughs> okay, no. Um, we can come back into that after my quick one. This one's a really quick one. So mm-hmm. we can do, go do our quick ones. I could make this one longer, though. Um, so in Greek mythology, that the second one, well, the other one is it partially in Greek mythology, but it spans over a lot of things. Okay. Uh, but this one's called the Arai, I believe, or Arai. They are female spirits who are curses. Um, uh, uh, particularly apparently placed upon uh, dead when they were... Pla- it says here, curses placed by the dead upon those who were guilty. So like after if you kill someone, uh, the, that dead person that you had killed would curse you for killing them. Okay. That's what the array are, apparently. But they're a spirit, not... Not the dead spirit. They are like the Furies, if you know what they are in Greek mythology. Yeah. They're a, a part of them. They apparently so, are similar to, uh, th- their curse is similar to uh, the like cattle of the sun god Hyperion. Is there a word for that? Where what? upon your death, you can still inflict a return towards them. I'm pretty sure it's like in video games what? and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was going to think, what's the, from the grave or whatever in Halo? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's just like um, after you like if you throw like a grenade down and it kills someone after you uh, yeah. have died. Also, there's like uh, uh, the uh, martyr ability in Call of Duty where you drop a grenade upon your death, ah. and then that could inflict uh, that, yeah, that could kill somebody. All it is about the array, really. I can go into some of the mythology. Um, there's this account from Baclides, Baclides. Um, she is exceedingly angry with her father, and in her affliction she makes supplication to the netherworld awry curses. Poor wretch, 
that he complete a bitter and accursed old age for keeping his daughter alone indoors and preventing her from marrying, although the hair will turn white on her head. So basically, a daughter is angry with her father because of being kept away from the world. And so she's uh, calling for curses upon him, I guess. I think retribution is the word I'm thinking of, but that's... That it does kind of fit that. But that's then, usually carried out by a second party, not yeah. the original person. There's this really long one <coughs> that I don't know if I'm the one to get into. But then there's um, from someone called Suda, I guess. Um, Arai... Oh, and that's in Greek, isn't it? Okay, now this is Arai Kata Oikomenon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but it translates to curses on those who have passed away. Look under such stones of the black-hearted sticks hold you. I didn't read through this one before, so I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was going to say. Uh, but it's interesting. The It's interesting to think of the sticks as black-hearted. Because I, I, I hadn't... The only things I know about the sticks are that basically that Achilles gets his power from it. Okay. Because he gets dipped in it by his uh, nymph. <coughs> she a nymph? Nereid? I think she was a Nereid, his yeah. mother. Okay. Um, and Sophocles Electra. O house of Hades and Persephone. O Hermes Cathonios of the underworld. That's what. Cathon- yeah, if you ever hear about a Cathonic deity, it just means like of the earth, basically. Okay. Which means they have a connection to the underworld. Similar to Hecate. She is a Cathonic deity. So that's not like the same as overworld deities. Yes, like uh, Zeus is not a Cathonic deity. Yeah. Poseidon is, but Zeus is not. Okay. Poseidon is- and Hades are both Cathonic deities, but Zeus is not a Cathonic deity. Neither is Athena. Maybe in certain, like, like Hermes is because of, or, or, like, this epithet for him in this little poem. Yeah. Is is there, is there a separation in mythos where, uh, like, there's the pantheon, there's the, there's the mm-hmm. those on Olympus. Yeah. And then there's those on Earth, and then there's those in the underworld. Is there a second level there, or is, there, is um, that the only separation? The pantheon is just those who are popular and are accepted by the, like, the controlling government. Okay. I didn't know if it was something like in Norse. That's why, like, Dionysus originally was not accepted by them. Okay. Because I didn't, didn't know like if it was him. something like in Norse how there's... Until he there's... became a, a god of partying and was a, related to kings. That was it. Gotcha. Anyway, yeah. I didn't so. know if there was something similar to Norse where there's those of Azer and then there's those of Midgard and then there's others. Not exactly, no. Okay. Not that I anyway, know of anyway. Uh, and Holy Aura... I guess the oh that's them calling the curses uh, and divine Aranyes Furies, you who watch over those dying unjustly and those being robbed of marriage of a marriage bed, come help avenge the murder of our father. Hmm. That's a line from uh, uh, Electra. But that's basically it for the all right. They're just they're they're spirits that are invoked to uh, curse someone. Okay. Basically, who's wronged them? Not necessarily way. kill, but just curse them. Usually it has to do with the death of someone, but uh, it seems like it's also those who prevent them from doing something, from living their lives, like the yeah. daughter who was locked away by her father. Okay. Which is a very common motif in uh, Greek mythology. Which interestingly reminds me of the origin of a band that we both loved at one point and one that's very popular, Avenged Sevenfold. Ah. The, the term Avenged Sevenfold itself is a reference to the Bible in Cain, um, in which... Is it uh, the curse of Cain? 
Because I saw that when I was looking up stuff. Yeah, basically, whoever slays Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Uh. Um, and also, apparently, in not Wiccan practice, but... You're talking about the threefold? I was, I was... The curse of threes or whatever? No. Okay. I was just thinking, somebody told me offhand, and I don't know how much I need to believe this, because it's modern witchcraft... But she said that there is a a, a a ritual performed that's called an Avenge Sevenfold in which you're supposed to do a certain amount of damage to somebody you're cursing, but then it comes back to you sevenfold if not done properly, oh. which is confusing because I'm like, what's worth that? Because don't you just make people's like soup too salty or something? But anyway, I can't. <laughs> I mean, that's that's her at least. Yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I don't know about other Wiccans. Um, but what I found when I was looking up stuff, there was a, the, something in Wiccan called like the rule of threes or something. And it's not yeah. like, you know, in a, a writing motif. It's, um, yeah. it's an actual thing where apparently whatever... It's it's similar to karma with like whatever energy or whatever thing you put out into the world, uh, you're gonna get that back threefold, whether it's negative or positive. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of threes just in the symbolism mm-hmm. of that. There's a lot um, of sim- symbolism of threes in, around the world. I yeah yeah I mean I mean the some of the biggest origins of three is the holy trinity. The big three. Yeah, there, there's the holy trinity. Well, the big three in Greek mythology. Yes. Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Yeah. And then uh, in Christianity, in Judeo-Christianity, um, yeah, they don't count. there's uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, of course. Yeah, but that comes from uh, earlier stuff, I'm pretty sure. Oh, of course it does. It always does. <laughs> Usually. Because, so. I mean, Christianity was heavily, heavily influenced by the Roman Empire. Oh, yeah. Because they were literally Romans. The first Christians, I mean, besides, of course, the actual origins of Christianity, the first Christians were Romans. Yeah. Because of uh, Constantine mm. becoming Christian. Yeah, of course. And then moving to the capital. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you're enjoying our curse talk so far. Please keep yourselves comfortable here in the carts. Uh, uh, on the uh, <laughs> On the... Uh, Give me your yeah, tickets. It's a, it's, it's a curse to uh, change the station or come a, off of this podcast. It's a curse podcast. to not give me your tickets. Uh, but we will be back with you guys in just a little bit after these few messages here on the Radio Voices of Kutztown University. Okay, you are. something that not many of those corporate-owned radio stations out there do any longer, providing our listeners with local content provided by local KU students and staff, interspersed with some of the finest and national content available. From a transitional format called Radio for Pets to all the great student specialty shows which range from rock to rhythm and blues to country to folk to world music to indie music to jazz and much more, right down to various educational talk programs and live sports on the weekend. KUR is the perfect package. Check out our on-air schedule by going to our website at www.kutztown.edu slash KUR. That's www.kutztown.edu slash KUR. And if you ever have any comments about our programming, something you'd like or don't like, don't hesitate to email us at 
kutztown.edu. That's K-U-R at kutztown.edu. Thanks for listening to your campus and community radio station right here at Kutztown, the radio voice of Kutztown University, K-U-R Kutztown. In 1966 in Anchorage, Alaska, a talented child was born. He would go on to be one out of only 11 Alaskans to make it to the major leagues. The odds of him striking out more than 3,000 hitters? One in 33 million. The odds of this pitcher being selected to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game six times? One in 48 million. The odds of this fastballing philanthropist winning the World Series three times? One in three million. The odds of this man having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 110. Hi, I'm Kurt Schilling. Learn the signs of autism at autismspeaks.org. Autism is getting closer to home. From one in 5,000 only 20 years ago, today one in 110 children are diagnosed. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks, it's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. We're in the whaling tunnel. Yeah. You, hear <laughs> you can hear the echoes, the voices. Um, we're here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And uh, if you're just joining us, we're on the topic of curses for today's train ride. And um, this trek. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to pull us right into another one. This is a really quick, another modern curse that I think is really silly. <laughs> So I'm going to go right into this, this one. Um, and I, I think it's actually a good way to branch over all what the, this idea of curse became for many, many centuries. Um, and it's about an infamous phone number that led to the death I want this number. of many people. I want this number. Uh, the phone number is 0 I'm already eight dead. Eight what does it matter? 888-8888. All eights with a zero in front, which I think is... Do you is, think they got eight? Um, one of them might have. I don't, I don't know. You know, what's that? Uh, well, I'm not going to get into that, but I could make a joke about that a little bit once I get into this. So uh, this phone number was originally issued by Mobitel, a Russian phone mecca at the time. Uh, the first owner of the phone number was former CEO Vladimir Groshnov of Mobitel, who died of cancer in 2001. Following this, more than several people died whilst owning the phone number in just one decade. However, there seems to be a correlation between all the owners. They all seem to be part of some form of criminal organization or the owner of a large empire drug smuggling. Whether that be cocaine, heroin, the Russian mafia, it all connects to that phone number. Uh, many of the deaths happen either a year to two years apart. Um, and really, this brings up uh, an interesting idea. Uh, realistically, to say this number is a curse is just a misunderstanding of that coincidence. There's a pattern there. E each person that owned that phone number participated in an extremely dangerous profession. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's yeah. almost more than likely that you're going to end up dead in that kind of uh, line of work. I mean, you could kind of say the same thing about the 27 Club, because a lot of them lived 
reckless lifestyles with yeah, that's drugs true. and stuff. Going quickly into and to, Courtney Love, as you said, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> um, going into the lifestyle that does bring apart uh, many un- unhealthy habits like that is true as well. Though some of them d- died from natural causes yeah. more than it was drug induced, but or like in with the first case, guy, it was the devil. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was assassins, uh, bad business deals. And bus that went awry, and and that mm. seems to be what this is, um, and it leads into that idea of how curses just seem to sometimes be misunderstandings of natural phenomena. What's so bad about bread? You said awry. What is? Oh, <laughs> that really caught me off guard. That really <laughs> caught me off guard. I thought you were looking at something too. I was like, what is he talking about? Um, so I just think that's interesting because if you look back at a lot of curses, it is just like a misunderstanding of usually natural f- phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the 27 Club is just like a pattern, a coincidental pattern with the fact that they all are 27. Yeah. If it was absent of that pattern, you wouldn't look at it the same way, of course. No. Um, and that's like what becomes a curse is like this repetition of yeah. this fact. Um, just like with this, it's the connection of the phone number. Yeah. Uh, which unfortunately in 2011 was discontinued. So you might still, I don't think you could get that it's phone number. It's a European number. phone number. I don't yeah, think I yeah. can get it. You, you want to be able to anyway. No phone numbers in America would lead to that unless it was. Well, my my old one could have. Yeah. Had a bunch of nines. Because you had a lot of nines. That's right. You had 919. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, don't dox. <laughs> I'm not going to dox your phone. Even though I don't live there anymore. Yeah. Um, so I already I know just, the area from that. I just thought that was just a fascinatingly strange coincidence that led to that. Um, But it is funny, once you know the context of what's going on, it's kind of obvious why that's happening. They're just all dangerous people doing dangerous things. Uh, um, What was it? There's that famous, it's not a famous quote yet. It's not even close to a famous quote. In the movie No Time to Die with the James Bond film, he literally says something about the fact that his profession is one not many people survive and stuff. And that's kind of like what comes out of the other side of that being crime lords and invest invested in that kind of yeah. stuff. So the whalers are out today. Yeah, they are on making sure they don't. Okay, guys, calm down, calm down. Just lean out the window. Let's bring it down a little bit. Lean out the window of the train car. <laughs> hey. The good conductor just pulls out a window and it has a broom and he's swinging it at them to get them away. <laughs> it's one of the, the, the one with flying ointment on it. Yeah. Trying to bat them away with it. <laughs> Oh, the good conductor on flying oil would be terrifying. Ointment. Um, <laughs> I like that that's like our pest of our train. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just ghosts. <laughs> it's just just wailing spirits and things we encounter. I mean, we go through so many different realms on these yeah. tracks that it's just fascinating the stuff we have to deal with sometime. But, um, yeah, so that's what I have for the numbers. You are itching <sighs> to move on to your big boy. What do you got from us? Uh, the curse of Toronto. No, okay. <laughs> no uh, the the evil eye. Mm. It's uh, it's a very, it's worldwide. It's huge. This is something you can find in almost every culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a super. It is supernatural. It's superstitious. It's all that. Uh, it stems from a few different things depending on the culture. Um, the one I was originally introduced was ancient Greek. Which the common misconception with the ancient Greek version is that it stems from a malicious glare uh, or like a glare of malintent. Mm -hmm. Um, 
someone basically being angry with you. But that's not what the ancient Greek one is, apparently. The ancient Greek one stems from admiration or jealousy, envy. Stems I can from, see that. Yes. Okay. That's what the, their, uh, their evil eye stems from. I mean, jealousy will lead you to do many things. Yes. And the severity of those things does depend on what the jealousy is over, and that's yeah. interesting. Uh, apparently, the earliest it appeared was in the 6th century BC on uh, these drinking vessels in uh, called like uh, Chalcidians, I believe. They're kind of weird looking. They're called eye cups because they have eyes on them. Okay. That's the often uh, th- that's often what like the protection is for uh, the evil eye. Sounds like Apple's newest product. Yeah, it's having eye- uh, eyes. A, a mug. A yeah, mug that's, that makes... that's going to be their new logo. It's just going to be the Apple, but it's going to have an eye on it. Oh, that's scary. To think about. <laughs> it's going to be like the um, what is it? The all-seeing eye that's on the dollar bill. Not too far off the fact, you know, I could get a little topical, but the fact that they're going to start scanning iPhones, oh, pictures, yeah. and video logs and everything against people's consent. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess it's not against your consent if you agree to their terms and conditions, which you have to to own the phone in the first place. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the, of course, with curses, there's often a thing called apotropaic magic or apotropaic magic, uh, which is just protective magic. Mm-hmm. That's what the, uh, the like, eye cups were probably. And also um, what uh, a bunch of the protections for this evil eye throughout Sorry, the I different cultures. I just had cultures. a brain blast when you said eyes and protective magic. Because now I'm thinking Glasses. of the fact that there's many. I'm just trying to think of where I'm thinking of the origin. Not an origin, but a, a, a really good example of protective idols and deities used that have eyes. Uh, many, either many, many eyes. I mean, uh, it goes as simply as the. There's that one butterfly species that has giant oh, eyes on its yeah, wings. Yeah, that's. Uh, that, and let me. It's at the bottom of this page, actually. It's in the sea, also. Oh, it's referenced whatever. in that. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's because called. Because it's supposed to like look like a predator's eyes when it opens its wings. Uh, and that's just like what I'm thinking. Of. Eye spot. It's called an eye spot. Mimicry. Okay. Yeah. It's when uh, natural, like li- found in living organisms, it's a it's a spot on like a butterfly's wings that looks like an eye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's also cobras that have it to make their 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 flanges, whatever they call the their their hood when it opens up and has yeah. eyes on it and stuff yeah, yeah. to make them even more intimidating. Yeah, sorry, go on. That's fine. Uh but yeah, there, there so there's there's various forms of like uh protective like items created to um make this. Uh uh, so, like, in ancient Greece, you'll see these, like, they almost look like peacock feather eyes, like the eyes that are on peacock mm-hmm. feathers. Yeah. That's another myth, why they're, peacocks have they're those. They're kind of more... In, according to ancient Greece, anyway. What is it? Like, they're kind of more thin at the edges, and then yeah. it gets really, like, deep at, in the center or something. These are what these ones look like. I can show him, but I can't show the audience, obviously. Okay. But they're, like, these glass sort of... They're not beads, but they're described as beads here on the yeah. page. Uh, but yeah, that's what they do. They're meant to reflect it. And the reason why they're blue, they're blue eyes specifically, mm-hmm. is because in uh, the areas, um, in, in the areas where it's popular in like the Levant and the um, Mediterranean, colored eyes are very rare. I okay. mean, they're rare across the world in general, unless yep. you go to I, like, I feel like Britain. Brown, brown eyes is the most. Con- con- Sorry, there's a random cat outside that oh. I just got distracted by. Large, He's in the Wailing Tunnel? La- Bring him la- in. Large tabby up there. Oh. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah, brown eyes seems to be like the dominant eye color. It's very common, the but there's like 16 the different world. genes that can decide eye color in humans. Oh, that's true. So it's very rare. You could have a kid that'll have a different eye color than you. Yeah. And that happened to my brother, actually. I don't mm. know what his uh, 
new kid is going to have. I don't know when he does yet. Okay. Uh, but one of them has brown eyes, and I think the other one, or I think my brother has not brown eyes. I think his are like yours. They're hazel or something okay. like that. Okay. Um, but, yes, uh, that this is my connection directly to this, is because they mentioned blue eyes are the most commonly, like, feared for the evil eye. Okay. And, like, so apparently colored eye people are scary to them, <laughs> at least people who believe in this. Um, I mean... <laughs> because they're so rare, and uh, for some reason, colored eyes are, like, more intimidating, I suppose? Would it be the first case? I mean, yeah, I could see colored eyes. I mean, the way we look at... They mentioned blue and green here, but blue more specifically. Um, they probably look at it the same way we look at people, like, in pop culture, depictions, art, and sci-fi, fantasy. If they have different colored eyes, they have magical powers and stuff. Yeah. It could be similar to There's that. The a, way we look I don't know if, if it's specifically colored eyes in Norse, but I know they had uh, dihetrochromia. I think that's what's called, dihetrochromia. Is that when that's when they have two color. different eye colors. Yeah. That's related to being yeah. uh, magical. Which in Skyrim, actually, there's a there's a magical character uh, at the college who has dihedrochromia, which is an interesting little tidbit to is add it, in there. Is it Tolfdir? It's Tolfdir. Okay, of course. Yeah. Yeah, he has a green and a blue eye. Yeah, that's cool. And sometimes it's like a normal color and then white, which is even creepier mm -hmm. looking. Yeah. Very common in like uh, husky breeds and things like that. They have oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots Dogs. of pets. Dog lots of domesticated of, yeah. animals have that. Yeah. Have dihedrochromia. Might be, might be partial. Oh, here's the. Uh, this is another eye cup, by the way. Okay. I can show that to you. It's like a bowl almost, but it has weirdly shaped eyes on it. That looks like a Pokemon. That looks like Drapier or whatever it's oh, called. Yeah. The the Pokemon the or uh, uh, Dragapult, the Pokemon that shoots its children out of its head. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the earliest, apparently the earliest that it, the, this belief in the evil eye dates back to is the Ugarit. Or Ugarit, I don't know. Apparently, it's a it's a city in uh, modern day Syria, uh, but was never rebuilt. It it fell during the Bronze Age collapse, as many places did. Um, but that's that's basically what the evil eye is. <clears throat> There's a lot of different like ways to protect from it, and a lot of different cultures who have different takes on how to protect from it. Mm -hmm. um, so, like like I mentioned with the uh, the eyes. There's also a um, I mean, we've mentioned things like this before. Uh, there's a thing called a uh, fascinium or fascinum, okay, from uh, Rome. But the fascinum is uh, Latin from the verb fascinare to cast a spell, which is the origin of the English word to fascinate. Okay, yeah, uh, it makes a, sense. And it's a phallic charm. Oh, lovely. Yep. How fascinating. <laughs> I don't know why, but supposedly mm -hmm. this could, this is uh, found throughout a lot of uh, Rome, specifically. And I guess some of the Middle East, mm -hmm. uh, on like rings and pendants and stuff that supposedly warded off evil in the evil eye. Wow, it reminds me of that Japanese festival. Yeah, similar. Um, Where James May carried that statue. Yeah, yes. Uh, if you know the festival, if you know, you know, you know. You know? Uh, you know. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it's also like carved into buildings and stuff. Sorry, I'm just reading over that. Just well, the one sure time it's anything. not it's not uh, uh, um, um, uh, the word for when you destroy public property. Oh, graffiti. It's not. It's not the one vandalism. time. It's not vandalism. Yeah. <laughs> no, there. Oh, you have no idea how much graffiti and all that is found across Pompeii. I can. Yeah. There's so much. Interesting. It is 
everywhere. Yeah. It's insane. <clears throat> but, uh, okay. Just trying to find more protection. That was the only one listed there for some reason, which mm. is really weird because there's a lot. I'm trying to find the rituals and stuff that uh, I was looking at. So the, the evil eye is apparently strongest in West Asia, Latin America, East and West Africa, Central America, South Asia, Central Asia, Europe, and the Mediterranean, especially the Mediterranean region. Mm. Those are, and also it's, um, it, it's now kind of spread particularly to Celtic regions. Um, but it's also was brought over to the Americas by European colonists and, uh, and West Asian immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, apparently it's found in Islamic, uh, doctrine, uh, from a statement from the prophet Muhammad. Um, uh, the, the quote here is listed as, uh, the influence of an evil eye is a fact. That's, that's literally the quote. Apparently it continues on, but it doesn't have the rest there. Just him stating that the, the evil eye is real. Anyway, yes, let me know if there's anything I need to do. You know, if I get cursed. Mm-hmm. Or no, that, it's that about that happen. time to play stuff so that we don't get cursed. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I can take a break here and okay, uh, get yeah, back absolutely. into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be right back into that. Um, uh, here's where it talks about the colored eyes. You weren't kidding when you said evil eyes are broad because mm-hmm. they do cover a lot, and that's, yes. that is interesting. It even talked about the eye of Horus earlier. I just kind of skipped over it. Yeah, because it's just a symbolism alone and just an eye. I mean, an eye, when not attached to a human, is intimidating, both in a physical eye and in just the imagery of an eye when it's a standalone. Um, yeah. So we'll be right back here on board the Paranormal Express after these few messages. KUR on Instagram for exciting content daily, including schedule posts, Golden Bear football scores, and updates the day of the game, news, and more. You can find us on Instagram by searching at KUR1670. That's at KUR1670. The radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Programming on KUR brought to you by the students of Kutztown University Radio. From the KUR News Desk, I'm Mitchell Smedley. Checking campus headlines, Kutztown University's Enlightened Leaders Scholarship has been awarded to Daniela Teneo Gomez from Reading High School. Teneo Gomez has been accepted into the general business program here at KU with an interest in finance and entrepreneurship. Not only is she currently ranked at the top of her class, but she is also a part of KU's Grant Access Project, a program striving to expose high school students to college opportunities and experiences. Coming from the Dominican Republic to America at a very young age, Teneo Gomez described it as a challenge to be in a new country and learn a new language. But she credits her parents with instilling in her, quote, how important education is and how far it can take you. We check news hourly on KUR.
Good evening again. Is, is there an M word for something like a trench? A moat? The moaning moat, okay. That's what we're moaning in now. Moat. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> this is more like a moan than a yeah. than like a wail. Yeah. It is like a a a, mm. a, a, a guttural groan guttural. of some kind. Yeah. For sure. Um, Whenever I think of that, I just think of the uh, again Skyrim, the the mage quest when you go to the uh, labyrinthian, and yeah. the, the, your guttural language. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, He's a dragon priest. So if you were with us before the break, and if you're just joining us, we're in the middle of Jake's topic on the evil oh, eye. Oh, correct. Which yes, is, I need to get back into that. I found the the part of this that talks about the uh, where light colored people are, are like not light colored people, light colored eyes. Okay. Are. Uh, it's called the. It's in the Aegean region, which is um, the part of Greece that faces the Aegean Sea, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the parts of the Mediterranean. Um, I think it's. I want to make sure that I'm right before I say anything. Oh no, this is a region of um, Anatolia, or well, Turkey now. Uh, it's um, kind of hard to describe, but it, I think that's where the Trojan War would have taken place. It's on the coast of Turkey in the Mediterranean. Um, but the Aegean, I guess because that's part of the Aegean Sea. I don't know. Because the, the Aegean is a sea that's, like, on the coast of Greece and stuff. Um, it's named for the king who uh, flung himself in there when he thought his son had died. But his son hadn't died. His son was just forgot to do the thing that they did, that they said they would do if he was coming back alive. Children do the darndest things. Yep. <clears throat> um, I think that was... I don't think it was Jason. I think it was Theseus. Um... Anyway, so yeah, in that in those areas where like light-colored eyes are relatively rare, uh, people with green and especially blue eyes are thought to bestow the curse intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, so in Greece and Turkey, amulets against the evil eye take the form of those eyes. Mostly, I, I've seen blue, uh, like I mentioned before. But yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's just I was just reading something. Um, it says here, uh, uh, there, there's apparently a painting by uh, by the artist John Philip. There's apparently a culture clash where a woman, uh, w- which is experienced by a woman who suspects that the artist's gaze implies that he is looking at her with an evil eye. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is when it also talks about how it uh, gets into popular culture. Uh, so like, you know, it, it's a pretty common phrase to give someone the evil eye. It just kind of means to glare at them. Um, but that, like, like I mentioned, that's not what it is in ancient Greece, or at least in some of these cultures. It's more so uh, admiration or like envy. Um, but then uh, there's various other forms of how to like ward against this, not just the ancient Greek and Anatolian ones. Um, uh, there's talismans like the uh, the hamsa, if you know what that is. It's kind of like a hand with an eye at the center. Uh, it also has uh, different names. Um, Apparently, oh, these are the, this is when it's talking about the discs or the balls from ancient Greece that are painted to look like the eyes, and they kind of reflect it back at them. That's also what the Hamsa is supposed yeah. to do. It reflects the eye back, the gaze back at them. Mm-hmm. So the caster will be cursed instead. I feel like that makes sense because there's a lot of, uh, pop culture is, uh, that's always the term we use for it, but. Pop culture, yeah. Just this idea where when somebody returns a gaze to you, it mm-hmm. can crumble your confidence, and we see that in movies and oh, shows. Yeah. The whole Western showdown, it always zooms in on the eyes, and if somebody has a better glare, then it intimidates the other person down, yeah. and that's something in it. So apparently there's something known as the Nazar, 
which I think is those eyes, because when I tap on yeah. this page, uh, it's yeah, it's those eyes that I showed you earlier. Those are Nazars, apparently. Or maybe there there are many different forms of Nazars. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't look at this page too much. Um, then this is where it talks about the Hamsahan. It comes from uh, Jewish culture, but it's kind of spread throughout the area and throughout different cultures. Um, supposedly in Muslim culture, it's condemned by uh, uh, it's condemned as superstition by doctrine or do sorry, the word here is a doctrinaire Muslims. I don't know if that's like a what that means exactly. I assume just they, they follow the doctrine more specifically, but if they do, I don't know. I'm confused by that. Um, so, but in Muslim culture, it's known as the hand of Fatima. Yeah. Um, oh, and this one, it's upside down. That's interesting. It's like, because usually it's the hand, the fingers of the hand are pointed up, and this one, it's upside down. The hands are, the fingers are pointed down. Hmm. That is popular symbolism in a lot of those things. Yeah. Usually um, both are together, but yeah, as above, so below. But yeah, I see it very commonly that it's pointing up. Yes. Different forms, three fingers, four fingers. Apparently also in uh, some, there's some Jewish belief about a good eye, which designate spreading goodwill. Hmm. I wonder if the Hamsa reflects that. But that I, I don't think it says anything. Interesting. Yeah, good versus evil, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find the... Uh, more of the actual rituals. This is just talking about it in the various uh, Abrahamic religions. Mm -hmm. um, ah, yes. In the Trinidad and Tobago, or the West Indies and uh, or Caribbean, I don't really like calling them the West Indies because I don't like Columbus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's on this train Good reason somewhere. to not. There's many good reasons not. Not good. <clears throat> um... So they refer to it in Trinidad and Tobago as the Malio. It comes from French, Malieu, like Y-E-U-X, uh, which literally means like bad eye. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently it's used in like the infinitive to Malio. That's just the etymology, I suppose, of it. Um, where is it? I'm, trying to, I'm still trying to find the like actual I'm still trying to figure out the name of that symbol that I'm <laughs> There's a lot of, of. Um, blue. Apparently in Trinidad and Tobago, blue, like the color blue in general is good at reflecting the malio. So they'll take these like, uh, these bottles and hang them from trees. Uh, they'll take like blue soap and uh, an indigo or a blue soap. Sorry, and I'm just going to close the window really quick. Jesus. Got really loud there. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, I was like, the, the, the window's moaning, not open. The moaning was getting really loud. <laughs> um, one super, it says here, one superstition is that a pinch can reverse the malio, which is interesting, following interpersonal interactions. Oh, some also believe that rubbing one's own saliva in their hair will counteract the malio. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting because there's another thing later on in a different culture about saliva. So if you blind yourself with your saliva, I feel like you'd be temporarily blinded by that if you rubbed it in your own eyes for sure. Yeah. I feel like anything but, but this water. But this is in their hair, not their eyes. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought it was in the eyes. Okay. Uh, well, there, I, that's Yeah, there is a lot of that. There's that Italian to dispel a superstition in, in, Ital in, in, uh, um, in Italian tradition. You spit at someone's feet. Like, oh. if, if they swipe yeah, at your feet. Is, with that, the, that's what it gets into later on, yeah. but it's Greek. 
Oh, it is. Okay. This one, well, at I least mean, what it talks about, I think. I'll, I'll correct it if I'm wrong when I get down yeah. to it. But, um, um, but yeah, if you get like your foot swatted at by a broom, you have to spit on their broom or you spit on the feet and stuff. It's interesting. So there's a common remedy for the malio, which comes from Hindu. I don't know how Hindu connects over to the West Indies or, well, again, uh, the Caribbean. <clears throat> but uh, I'm trying to get into it. Uh, the main implement, it's called a jahari or it's j-h-a-r-a-y uh so the main implement is either a feather or a cocoa cocoa a broom it's coco c-o-c-o-y-e-a um it's a traditional broom made using the midrib of a coconut palm leaf um there's also reports of a knife being or a machete being used uh instead of like a palm leaf i guess or the the broom or the feather um oh that's a weird looking broom it's made from a coca leaf or a coconut palm leaf um trying to get to the actual uh apparently whoever is like actually doing the ritual will say a prayer uh as they like brush the person from head to toe with the implement oh, i've seen that before yeah um it's conventionally said in Hindi, but uh, it can also be said in English. Probably just the spread of the culture. Um, so I think um, rudely shoved onto our desk by the good conductor. <laughs> oh, do I need to do that now? Okay. Um, I can do that now. It's another one. So yeah, yeah, hit us with that. He's going to keep screaming at us. <laughs> um, so from the KUR notebook, attention KU community. One KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR. That's www.kutztown.edu slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you ASAP, though not at the moment. Um, not the e-board at the moment anyway, I think, right? No, yeah, uh, because we're off... Yeah. It's the <clears throat> summer. They're, they've let out for Anyway, summer. continuing this. Yes. <laughs> An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Mm-hmm. Yes. So just trying to wrap up about the evil eye. There are many different um, tests to see, or at least from ancient Greece, there are many different tests to see if someone has it. Um... Uh, so one of the tests has to do with olive oil and uh, water, because usually, of course, oil will float on water. Um, so they'll dip it, or they'll, they'll pour some into holy water, and if it sinks, it means they have the evil eye. Uh, there's another test again with olive oil and holy water, where they put two drops in, and if they, I think, let me find it. That seems really unfair because olive oil sinks first, then it'll come back up once it settles. Mm -hmm. So if they if they judge immediately, they're, you're screwed every single time. Uh, so this one, there's another one that says uh, places three or nine drops of oil. Uh, if the oil drops become larger and eventually dissolve in the water, there is an evil eye. But if they remain separated or in a small circle, there is no evil eye. Hmm. But that's basically it. There's okay. a little bit more here. There's a Dif lot. I feel like different, there's a lot more. Yeah. Yes. Different cultures and stuff. That's the fascinating thing. When something carries over, there's just going to be so much content depending on how you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And that could be an interesting conversation for next time because uh, there's way too many curses. 
There's so many. We didn't even touch on Egyptian curses, which nope. is like some of the most popular in yeah. pop culture, given the mummy movies, Night at the Museum. It's just so many things pull off of that idea. Um, so there's some music. Okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us this evening on the Paranormal Express. Your stop is coming up soon, so we hope you take care. And don't forget to thank the good conductor on your way out. If you want Otherwise, to we us. won't hear the end of it. Yes. If you want to find us outside of here, you can go to our website, paranormal-express.com. You can find a bunch of links to our social medias there and also um, various uh, places you can listen to the podcast on different platforms. Fantastic. Have a non-cursed night. Uh, remember, avoid cracks. Don't walk under ladders. And I mean, it's don't too break late mirrors. for some of them. They didn't give me their tickets. That is true. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late.